How's it going? I'm pretty good, Evan. How you doing? Good, trying to cool down. It's blazing out that door again. <laughs> Just came back from the store, and I was like carrying the water back up to the house. Mm-hmm. Like I'm about to pass out because I still have my mask on. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, it's not not a good combination: the heat and the mask. Right, 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 right. Yeah, I mean it, it's a little cooler than it was during the week this week, but it's still hot. Yeah. We were out early this morning. Um, Tisha had a match down at um, down in DC at Haynes Point, so we were we were out there. Her match was at eight o'clock, so we were out there. You know, it was still it was warm, but it it wasn't like it is now. It was like in the seventies, and then it by the time we left, though, it was probably about nine thirty quarter to 10 it started to warm up a little bit more so and then uh we went and got something to eat and i came back in the house and passed out i was knocked out (laughs) yeah he to do it to you it's not as bad as last weekend last weekend i felt like it's probably a little hotter yeah 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 yeah. but um yeah so like um yeah i haven't been back out but i'm i plan on going back out we got um one of our friends is doing this couples thing tonight on Zoom, so we're gonna participate in that. So it should be fun. Yeah, that sounds cool. Yeah. Um. All right. So we got uh, Matthew twenty-one, which is an excellent chapter. Yes. Seems, um. My my mind has been on the will of God since that's what we've been kind of talking about and being in his rest and this really, really just kind of hammered home a lot of those things we've been talking about this week. So let's get into a word of prayer and then chop it up. All right. Welcome to the Walking with Jesus podcast, a podcast that allows followers of Christ to experience Jesus in a new way with Evan and Malcolm, two regular guys walking with Jesus. Each week, we, while we converse and reason about the things of the Bible and in our lives, we believe that Jesus will draw near and walk with us just like he did in Luke 24, verse 15. Now, here's your hosts, Evan and Malcolm, with an opening prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for another wonderful day, beautiful day, dear Lord. And thank you for uh, the opportunity to glorify your name, to lift you up and exalt you, dear Lord. We thank you, Father, for this time, this time that we give to you, dear Lord, to not not only... um, understand nature and who you are, but also build our faith, dear Lord. Continue to grow uh, in our knowledge and in our understanding of you, dear Father, which we pray, dear Lord, that we can use to help others, dear Lord. Lord. Lift up our listeners, 
those who know you well and may have the same questions or what we say may resonate with them. But also, dear Lord, we pray for those who don't know you at all, who may be listening for the first time and just trying to find a way to learn more about you and understand how uh, others may be uh, feeling about you, those who walk in the faith, dear Lord. We just lift them up right now, dear Father. And Lord, we know that you know everything that we need. We we stand before you, dear Father, because you are our source. We thank you and we praise you. We also just ask that you just continue to bless the leaders of our nation, continue to bless those who serve on the front lines of this coronavirus and, and battling it, dear Lord. We we lift them up, dear Lord, and we pray for all those families and loved ones who have been affected by the virus. Those who have passed, dear Lord, we know that they're in your wonderful peace right now and they're in your presence. We just ask all these things in the loving name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 You know, this chapter, it, it does ring a bell about what we've been talking about um, in relation to the Lord's will. Yes. I, so a lot of hefty nuggets in here. And I love how it does illustrate more of the Lord's character, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. how he is. And, and to that point, um, the chapter really starts off in a dynamic way um, where Jesus is um, sending two disciples because this is his return to Jerusalem. Uh, mm-hmm. he sends two disciples so Matthew 21 verse 2 saying to them go into the village opposite you and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a coat with her loose them and bring them to me and if anyone says anything to you you shall say the Lord has need of them and immediately he will send them and you know it, it just hammered home what we're what we've been talking about being in God's rest, right? There was no stress in this situation and, and there was no striving. Um, It reminded me of when we talked about, you know, God is past, present and future. So when we get direction and instruction from the Holy spirit, we shouldn't have any fear or doubt because Mm -hmm. he is already, he's already there or, He's already made provision for his word to come to pass. Yeah. And his his direction, his instruction to us is his word, whether we we feel it in our spirit or we get it from the word that we're reading. Mm -hmm. He's he's already taken care of it. So we I know I find myself sometimes questioning, doubting, fearing, because it may be like in this situation, he's telling these two disciples to go to go get a donkey and a coat and in our from somebody else's property yeah yeah in our natural emotions like okay do you know this person do you know do you you know like we really still in these things but we shouldn't have those concerns right we should it it, and all of this comes down to really submitting to god's will because questioning Doubting, all of those things aren't aren't of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this this 
some of the same thing resonated to me when I was reading it. Because I like what you said when you brought up about what we were talking about in reference to being in the Lord's rest. Yeah. I thought about was well, like when verse um verse four and five said this this took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Mm-hmm. Say to, to the daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming to you. Gentle and mounted on a donkey, even on a colt, the fall of a beast of burden. And I thought, just just like what you said, God, God's word basically would never come back to him void. Mm-hmm. And the reason being is because God is gonna make sure that his that that whatever he said, he's participating in making it come to pass. Yeah. It's not like God is just saying it and then that's it. Like there's an echo just bouncing back. It's more like God is like, I said it. And I'm participating in the circumstances to get it accomplished. And part of that participation is giving us the the direction to go do what he told us to go do. Yeah. Yeah. And it falls back on the intimacy. Mm, yes. The level of intimacy would dictate to us how obedient we're really going to be. Mm-hmm. It's easy to obey someone that you have a strong relationship with. It's hard to obey someone when you don't have a relationship because it's like you can trust the fact in the character that God cannot lie. He will not tell us to do something outside of his will, something that will break the Ten Commandments. Yeah. So like the first thing I would think when he's saying go and get the go get the donkey and the coat. First thought is like, hey, are you do you know this person? Like straight up, do you know him? Right. And it's like, what's the deal behind all of this? Mm-hmm. But it's like if I know the Lord, and I have that level of intimacy, I don't even really have to ask that question, like, do you know this person? Mm-hmm. It's more like, okay, just like how the soldiers are in the military. Mm-hmm. Someone's like, mm-hmm. orders, it's salute, let's go do it. Yeah. Let's go do it. There's no questions yeah. about it. No questions about it, because of the level, the, the intimacy that's, that's there. It's like, I know he's not going to lead me in that wrong direction. And I was sitting there thinking about this, looking at myself, just like what we were talking about yesterday morning. And it's like, this is important to know that whatever God is allowing to occur at that moment, and in this moment right now, with all the, the things that are going on, he's a thousand percent aware of what's going on. Yeah. So if I get direction from him on any type of any type of area, I can trust that it's coming from a safe and a good place from him. Yeah. Right. I don't have to really, I don't have to doubt it. I shouldn't be doubting it. Right, right, right. I should just let go and just go, just go with the flow with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's interesting because that point you bring up about the military is such a good one and it's a powerful one because I think in some cases, um, what you, what you talked about is really trusting, right? It's trusting the Lord. And the only way you really can develop trust is a couple of ways, I should say. You got to be honest with them. Yeah, right? yeah. You got to be honest. You you have to um, have that level of communication, you know, going mm-hmm. back and forth. And that and that communication needs to be honest. And um, the, the only way you kind of do that is being vulnerable and being transparent. Yeah, yeah, that's the key. That's what the hard part is. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's like just op- you know opening your heart and trusting. And so, you know, I, I like the military analogy that you you bring up, but I also wonder if 
um, in, in, in a soldier's heart, sometimes does he not question the command of his, of the general or the commander or the leader of their troop there. And what I'm getting at is there may be doubt, but mm-hmm. they still carry it out. Yeah. 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 You know what I mean? So, so, and, and, and that's, that's, I mean, it's, it, I think we, we all naturally do that. We all do that. We all do that. But I think when it comes to God, sometimes we doubt and don't carry it out. Mm-hmm. And I think he kind of played like Jesus um, kind of reiterates more of it later on in the chapter yes. with the parable. Yes. Like, yes. Because it's easy to, and as I was looking at myself when reading this text, it's easy to go along with past experiences right. over the word of God. Yes. So past experience, whatever circumstances may be, can override what the word of God literally is. Like right now, like when he he's literally quoting scripture back to them, but it's alive. It's it's it's, it's rhema. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's actually just a live rhema word he's given to them so that the prophecy can be fulfilled. And that's so many different levels to it because it's like God will not speak to us, not to God only speaks to us to be obeyed. But then on top of that, God doesn't waste his words. And so everything that he's saying is in context of making sure his will is accomplished. Exactly. Yes. And I'm like, man, he's willing to speak to me to get his agenda accomplished. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm a part of the plan. Right. I'm not out of the plan. I'm a part of the plan. Yeah. That does some self-esteem. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And and I think when when you look at it from that perspective, it it, it removes that doubt, right? It removes that fear <laughs> that you may have because we know our God is gracious. We know he's full of mercy. We know he's faithful and we know that his word will not come back void. So if he gives us instruction, if he gives us direction about a thing, about what to do or um, how to do it, you know, and, and we know all of these things through intimacy, through our communication, through opening ourselves up to God, we really shouldn't have any fear. And I, and I guess... I keep saying that because I know in looking at myself, I, I, I have that sometimes, but, but I, but I, but I know it's a part, it's like natural. Like he, God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but it comes, it comes from time to time and mm-hmm. we have to overcome it. We have to still act on faith. Yeah. Right. And that kind of gets us into, um, what what Jesus talked about, as you mentioned um, later on in the chapter about faith and the power of faith. But before we get to that, uh, let's talk about this um, next part here that I thought that really jumped out to me where, um, and, and it just really, you know, gave my heart joy when you look at uh, 21.8 and I'm sorry, 21, 10, and 11, where um, the verse says, and he came into, so this is Jesus coming into Jerusalem on the coast, 
people are, you know, saying, blessed is Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. 10, and when he had come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved saying, who is this? So the multitude said, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. And I mean, it, it really, this is a fundamental part of being a, a, a Christ follower, right? It, it's the power of that name. Yeah. God gave, God gave this name, right? This isn't Joseph coming up with, with this name. This is a God-given name. And this is the yeah. name that is above every name. And I've, I'm reminded of Philippians 2.9, which says, um, every name, where is it? Yeah. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name, which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And then also, that was that's one of my you know favorite verses about Jesus and His name. And then the other one is it just it, we talk about self esteem, knowing that I'm a follower of Christ. Colossians one fifteen through twenty says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him, all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether <laughs> thrones or dominions or principalities or power. All things were created through him and for him. Man. <laughs> and he is before all. And he is before all things. And in him, all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead that in all things he may have the preeminence for it pleased the father that in him, all the fullness should dwell and by him to reconcile all things to himself by him, whether things on earth or things in heaven have made peace through the blood of his cross. Mm. That so much, so much life, so much life in those scriptures, so much life. Mm. I remember reading. I remember reading Colossians being at a real down point in my life, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and how I viewed myself was in a low light. Mm -hmm. It was like because I felt like you know nobody cared. Nobody cared about me. But when I read that verse, when I read that, that just it like bam, like life just exploded in me. Yes, yeah, because it changed how I was viewing myself. Right, right. I. And made for his purpose. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That, I, like, granted, yes, we do need other people. We do need other people in our life. They are vitally important, right. especially while walk with Christ. Yeah. At the same time, though, when I saw that, what went off to me was how I viewed myself with in, in relation to. Okay, I'm a part of God. God wants me to carry out what he desires mm -hmm. like when i go to the store and i buy something i'm buying something to carry out my will yes whether it be groceries or whether it be a piece of paper i'm buying it to fulfill whatever my purpose is mm -hmm. and how i look at it like well god bought me to fulfill 
his purpose. Yeah. And his purpose, like mine, like with a piece of paper, I don't care how the piece of paper feels if I, if I write on it. Mm-hmm. But with Lord, the Lord is like, I care about how you feel. I care about every aspect of you. And this plan that I have for you to fulfill, that I'm what, I, what I've made you for, it has your mind. You're going to walk out feeling way better than how you did come in. Yes. It's an explosion of life. And that's what I see even in, in Matthew 21. Like all of that just explodes right here. Yes. These pages just explodes right here. As I was reading, I'm like, man, to be there and to participate mm. in the humility of Jesus. Yeah. Because the king, most of the time, they're going to come back down with the, with the, you know, with the crown. Mm-hmm. They're coming in a coat. They're coming in a stallion. They're coming with the chariots, all of that. But Jesus is like, no. My kingdomship, I'm coming on a donkey, mm-hmm. on a colt. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be out here and and and, and exalt myself because right. he understood his purpose. Yeah. And then the disciples are like they're participating in a very very historic moment. This is the time frame when Jesus publicly displays his kingdomship. Mm-hmm. All the other time he was displaying his work, his power as the Messiah. Yeah. But here. He's coming and he's basically displaying his kingship. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if I'm a disciple, I'm a part of it? Yeah. Yeah. That that influences how I'm gonna care about myself. Let me make sure I walk outside and I'm, you know, I'm well groomed. <laughs> you know, let me make sure everything is allowed because I'm a reflection of him. That's right. That's right. See everybody else, like the crowd, some recognized it. But then some didn't. But for the for the ones that did recognize who he was and his kingdom and, and understood, yes, he's more than a prophet. Mm-hmm. Listen to the name. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's Savior. That's Messiah. Yeah. Yeah. The name describes the role. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Man, that's so good. I mean, the the the, the idea that um the multitudes are saying this is Jesus right the, the multitudes are saying that and like you said when you, when you understand what that name means it just just your soul just elated just you know you get excited because we're we understand it's bigger than just us right it's just it's it's that it's the you see and feel God's will and and your point about him coming into Jerusalem on a on a coat just shows you how much Jesus God's will was the priority. It was yeah. never about glorifying him. It was never about glorifying Jesus. And to me, that's just embodies who Jesus was. He was the the most humble, powerful person. On the planet, yeah. I mean, most people fall into the groove of everybody sitting there worshiping, yeah, saying, saying, hollering at my name. I'm, you know, most people fall into the groove, like, yeah, 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 it is all about me.
Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now. The Walking with Jesus podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. Now back to the show. Not Jesus Christ. Yeah. Jesus Christ is like, no, it's all about God the Father. Yes. I came to fulfill his work. Mm-hmm. Even when they even when people were worshiping, he was like, Yeah, you you're right for worshiping me, because I am part, I am the I am the Trinity. Right. But I want you to also look at God the Father. That's what I came for. Right. Mm. That cuts deep in the eyes of the Pharisees. That's right. Because the Pharisees is all about them. Like all about them. The whole argument is to make them is to put themselves up on a pedestal and to use God's word as that pedestal to lift themselves higher. And whereas Jesus is like, no, 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 no. God's word is life. Yeah. And it, and, it, and when you have a relationship with God the Father, that brings life. Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting because we live in a time frame now where people do not want to, and, and, and over the ages has been that way, that people do not want to respect Jesus as the Messiah as who he is but i feel like especially now it seems like it's more acceptable because we live in post-christianity in our country now that it's acceptable not to accept jesus for whom he is mm-hmm. and just to say well he was a good person oh oh he was a prop oh he was a good prophet no we're talking about the king of kings and the lord of lords we're talking about the one and only yeah. Like literally, yeah. the one and only. Every knee shall bow. Every nobody has this level of authority that he has. That's right. That's right. Nobody has done what he has done. Mm-hmm. And it's like, like we respect, we respect some certain athletes because of what they do on the field or on the court, whatever, whatever it may be. It's like here it is. Jesus has has done done it all mm-hmm. why shouldn't we show him the level of respect that he that he deserves right right and and it's so interesting because like that you know he was humble but powerful because as we move along in this chapter here um he went into the temple and cleansed the temple he went into the temple of God and drove out all. This is uh, Matthew twenty-one twelve. Drove out all of those who bought and sold in the temple and overturned the tables of the money changers and the feasts of those who sold doves. And he said to them, "It was it is written, My house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves." And you know, it just reminds me, and and it, you know, I think about the fact that. God's will was so much of a priority in Jesus's life. There was not a time, there was not a situation, not a circumstance that came in conflict with God's will and Jesus didn't tear it down. Mm-hmm. And, and so I believe that's a, I mean, so much of what we read in these chapters about Jesus, he's modeling it for us. 
right? How many times have we had situations or circumstances that come in conflict with God's will and we let it slide? Yeah. Yeah. Right? But Jesus, I mean, he, he flew in the face. I mean, like, he, he did not, he didn't have no cut cards in terms of um, God's will. There was no flexibility with him in God's will. If this is God's will, that's what, that's what I'm doing. It's not shared. It. It's not supplanted. Nothing, nothing that Jesus wanted himself as an individual or any of the disciples. None of that came before God's will. Mm-hmm. And this is a situation because this is the temple now. This is the temple. This is like, you know, a big deal to go in there. This is a slap in the face of all those who call themselves, um, the, you know, the Pharisees and the religious leaders of the time because they allowed it. Yeah. Jesus said, no, this is not God's will and tore it up. He wasn't trying to be politically correct. Mm-mm. He wasn't trying to make friends. Not at all. He wasn't, trying, he wasn't, really, he wasn't really trying to even get a following. No. He was all about God the Father. That's it. This is the business. Ever since when we go back to the prior chapters when he was a kid, mm-hmm. the same thing that he told his parents, mm-hmm. when he told Mary and Joseph, he, and when he got when he was in the temple and they couldn't find him, he said, "I was I was handling my father's business." That's right. That's right. Since day one, mm-hmm. that is what he's been doing. Right. That that. I'm just going to go out and say it. This, what we're seeing here, I feel like in this chapter, and especially in these verses here, um, when he's um, cleansing the temple, mm-hmm. this is the Jesus that most people do not want to hear about. Right. Yeah. Because this is the Jesus that's expressing his, his might as well say, judgment on mm-hmm. what they're doing, on the evil that they're doing in the temple. Mm-hmm. And most people, they don't want to hear about that. They want to hear about, you know, the man- manicure. Jesus with the nails being manicured, the panting hair, smiling, saying, I love you all the time. <laughs> but you really can't have real love without discipline because Jesus, and only when he flips the tables over, he does take the time out to break down to them what time of day it is. Right. Let me take it. Because he says, what is the verse? Because the children were, uh, were basically crying out to him, worshiping him, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. They, they, the youth recognize him for what he is, for who he is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So these Pharisees, these priests, these high upper people, they, they're not because they have their own agenda. They they want to be praised. Right. And when Jesus responds back to them, was in verse 16, do you hear what these children are saying? Right. And Jesus said to them, yes, have you never read? Out of the mouth of infants and nursing babies, you have prepared praise for yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Boom. It's like he, once again, rang a word. Yes. He's, he's giving them the word, basically the word of life. And it's like, you accept it or you're going to deny it. But in all, Jesus is like, I'm not folding. I'm not folding. I'm still carrying it out. It's not politically correct to come into, into this atmosphere and take a stand this way. Yes. Which which we covered um, to a degree on the call um, Thursday, 
when um with just taking it's going to come with a consequence taking a stand for what you believe in with christ it comes with a consequence and jesus like i'm willing i'm willing to keep going with it right but but it's it's you're 100 right it does come with a consequence and i think you know at times we may focus too much on the consequence because yeah, it, also I agree. Com- it also comes with power Mm-hmm. Just like we were saying before, God is past, present, and future. Like where He is and where He tells us to go, His will is where He is, and the, where He is is where power is. Where His glory mm-hmm. is is where power is. And so, you're right; it absolutely can come with consequences. But we have overcome the world, even our faith. Amen. So. So it, it's it's important, and, and we always say this all about perspective, right? It's all about perspective. We can we can focus on the fact that there are going to be consequences, or we can focus on the fact that this that's where the power is. And yeah. if we look at Jesus closely enough, and we and we understand that he didn't sway outside of God's will at all, really. And then try to understand that's where his power is. Mm-hmm. I mean, he said it. He, I don't do anything on my own. I do everything that the God that the Father tells me to do. I say what the Father tells me to say. I do what the Father tells me to do. Yeah. And, and despite the consequences, he understands that's where the power is. Mm-hmm. And, and if we could just hold on to that, I mean that that is so powerful. The other thing I wanted to mention about this that was that jumped out to me was um as you were mentioning uh well as you go back up to fifteen, but when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that he did and the children crying out in the temple saying, Hosanna, the son of David, they were ignorant in indignant. And it just I was like, man, isn't that isn't that just the typical way the church deals with new ideas and new concepts when, when it, it isn't that, that we're seeing the origination of that critical eye that the you know, mm-hmm. that, that, that our um, churchgoers have of people of new ideas even I mean I, I remember this debate about um when Kirk Franklin came out using sort of secular beats, and oh, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. and I'm people, like, people still have a problem yeah, with him, right. <laughs> and, 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 and that's what jumped out to me when I saw this because because it, it says the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things he did, <laughs> not bad things, <laughs> you know, these are wonderful things that he's doing, and they still mad, you know, and they they getting bitter and. I could just, you know, as we've talked about in class on a number of occasions, how, you know, our, our so-called church folk are the most critical and judgmental. Mm-hmm. And, and spe- instead of loving, instead of walking in love and walking in um, caring for the soul of another person, we start we, we we judge them and 
or you're not doing it the way way it's supposed to be done. But it just also points out just we're so full of arrogance. Yes. We're so full of pride, man. Like, who, like, nobody says this way of doing church is the right way. Like, it's, if we don't take anything away from this chapter, it's just that God's will is primary. And that's it. That's it. No other will needs to stand in the way of his will. No other will. The good example of someone who did try and put their will above God's will, well, they got cast out. We know him as Satan. That's right. That's right. I'm not trying to stand with that guy. (laughs) You know, last time I checked, when I look in the mirror, one, I don't know how to make a mirror from scratch. Two, (laughs) two, I don't know how to make me. I don't know how to make the planet that I live on. Mm -hmm. It's out. That's out of. It's out of my. It's out of my. It's out of my scope of what I can control. It's above my pay grade. Yes. I rather I rather leave I rather leave everything in the hands of the Lord, and I don't want to be unconsciously snatching it back. Mm-hmm. I'm like it's it's yours. Tell me what to do. You take control of it. And it's true. The church, the church, the universal church forgets that that the the, the church itself is supposed to be the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. It's not the body of us. It's the body of Christ, mm-hmm. which means it's his will. It's his his agenda. People got. So upset with, with Kurt Franklin and not only him, there's a number of other artists yeah, that yeah. came out too. But it's like if this is if this is what the Lord is saying to do, mm-hmm. it's either participate in it or you just need to step on back. <laughs> Don't get in the way. Right. <laughs> and what the what the Pharisees and the scribes are doing here in the temple is like one, did they expect for Jesus to walk in there and not say anything? <laughs> You know, like if it, and if Jesus did walk in and not say or do anything, I'm pretty sure they would have questioned questioned that you call yourself the Messiah. You see something going on here. Yeah. Why don't you address it? Yeah, yeah. And it was like we can't get mad at the standard in which Jesus has the the standard that Jesus has for his kingdom. We can't get upset at. Mm-mm. It is. It's, 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 it's right. He established it. That's that's yeah. established. That's not going to be moved. No matter what we feel, no matter what agenda we try to push, like we said, his word will never come back void. It is His word is law. Yeah. Because I think people forget, and it's easy to forget, that Jesus is participating in his creation. He didn't, he didn't say, let there be light and step away. Exactly. When God said, let there be light, he was there. He, was there. he participated in his creation. When he made mankind, he didn't just form the Bible says he breathed life into Adam. Mm-hmm. And w- when I see that, in my mind, I just, impen- I-, I always see like the blowing of breath. That's right. On That's Adam. Right. Yeah. You know, like close intimacy, blowing of breath on onto Adam for him to come alive. Yeah. And that is the image how I view how God is pure with all of us. He's like, he's literally up in our grill, really not, not in the rude sense of being up in our grill, but trying to, you know, be intimate with us yes. to get us to go along. Cause it's like, he has his will. Mm-hmm. He already established his kingdom. It's not up for debate on what's acceptable and what's not acceptable with God. Yeah. And the Lord is like, I'm, I'm willing to carry this out. I am currently carrying it out. But I'm willing to include you in it. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's something I ain't trying to miss. <laughs> no, no. It's so good, man. I mean, the, the, the challenge is, I mean, we kind of just recap the challenge that we face a lot of time when, when we're dealing with God's will is questioning it. Right. And, and, and mm-hmm. doubt that coming, but I think we can get over that by, I mean, I don't know, because God is a tester of the heart. So if we, we go through the action of and being obedient with our actions, but our heart is still kind of, uh, you know, a little, little doubtful. We're going yeah. to we gonna have to deal with that. Right. But mm-hmm. Then we also have this situation where we can fall into being critical about new ideas, something that bucks tradition. Um, like how we, when we first went into the discipleship class, radical discipleship, some of those things were hard to deal with. You know what I mean? Like, like the, 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 uh, when we literally take Jesus on his terms, losing ourselves, pick up our cross and follow him. You know, if, if you put your mother, your father, your brother, your sister before me, you're not worthy of following me. When I first heard that, that was hard. Yeah, because it goes, it flies against everything that we established ourselves in. Yes, yes, yes. And, and so. But that's what it is. No, what were you saying? No, I, I was just going to say, I, I think the, it, it takes, just like with the other situation we talk about where you, you can be obedient but still have sort of a doubtful heart. Like you just overcome mm-hmm. that situation. You just overcome the fear and act it out. But it's a, it, it becomes a heart issue over time. Yeah. And so if, if we're going to be true followers and be worthy of that call, we have to address it. And, and it, it, it will take time. Enjoying the show? We'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you simply share the show with a friend, that will give them a new way to experience Jesus and help us out too. Now back to the show. But we have to intentionally, and I think you make a such a good point, the way we get over that the, the way we be in intention, the way we get our heart fully sold out to to God's will is getting to know him. Right? Because I because I, I don't think we can do it on our own. If we just try mm-hmm. to if we just try to um you know just change our own hearts, like I don't think we can do it. Even even he's like, you know. I get a word from God and I'm obedient to it, but my heart is still kind of doubtful. I still do it. it you know, I, I think it takes, you know, asking God, asking the Holy Spirit to come in and change our hearts, change us from the inside yeah. out and get us more in alignment with, with God's will. And then as we were saying um, yesterday, 
is pursuing that rest. Pursuing that rest. Yes. In- intentionally pursuing that rest. Because outside of outside of that rest, we're striving. Mm-hmm. We're striving. This is hitting the, is hitting the wall, having yeah. a fight yeah. against yeah. the wind. Basically. Exactly, exactly. And and so it's it's important that we first recognize and then try to um, really be intentional about our our pursuit of being in God's rest. It's, it's, it's a it's a powerful powerful point, but but um, Jesus modeled it so good. We, yes. We talk- uh, that's what I love about how, how, like how, how not only how he modeled it, but then his teaching about it. So yes. it's like when he, because it's a good transition into when he curses the fig tree. That's right. Yeah. Because the fig tree, when he, he breaks it down, when, he, when they're walking in verses 18, 18 through um, 22. Mm-hmm. When they're walking and he curses the fig tree, he's hungry. But that, that fig tree is supposed to be an example of the house of Israel. Yeah. In the house of Israel, they were basically, the heart wasn't into it. They did all the religious stuff. Yeah. But the heart wasn't into it at all. Yeah. And it, I feel like it mainly came, came from the fact that they didn't really, there wasn't no intimacy. Mm-hmm. And their identity or who they were wasn't based on who God was. Yes. It was just based upon what they were doing, the physical part of it. And I just found that it was interesting because it's like he says in verse 19, seeing a long fig tree by the road, he came to it and found nothing on it except leaves. And this is because he was hungry, basically. Yeah. And he said to it, no longer shall there be any fruit from you. And at once the fig tree withered. And seeing this, the the disciples were amazed and asked, how did the fig tree wither all at once? And Jesus said to them, truly I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what was done to the fig tree, but even if you say to this mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea, it will happen. And all things you ask in prayer, believing you will receive. So much. Yeah. Because immediately when he said prayer, I thought about what we were talking about Thursday and then also Friday. Thursday night on the call and then Friday morning. Mm -hmm. Because it's like prayer is such a vital resource for the Christian walk. Yes. In order to understand God's will, in order to have effective prayer, you got to have intimacy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because it's like Jesus spoke to the fig tree and it's easy in my mind. It's like, okay, Jesus, you know, he speak all the time. We know when Jesus speak, things change. There ain't nothing gonna right. say the same after he said something, right, right? But for him to say basically that same authority I gave to you, mm-hmm. then I ask myself, okay, so well, why isn't things changing? <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's like, well, there has to be a connection to God's will yes. with what I'm speaking. Yes, yes. If I'm spending time with God, then naturally, the natural response is I'm going to, God is, is free. He's a, he shares everything. Mm-hmm. So it's like, except for um, his glory yeah. and vengeance, everything else, 
God pretty much freely gives. He gives. We ask for wisdom, he gives it. And it's like, so I feel like, okay, if I'm spending time with him, he's going to give me the will. He's going to show me what the will is. Yeah. My natural response after I see this is to, is to speak to the situation based upon what God said, not based upon what I physically see with my eyes. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, hmm. As I'm sitting there thinking on this, I'm like, okay, because I know what the other the other gospels that align up with this story, it was the, the, the following day the fig tree withered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They thought that it was withered. So that means when Jesus spoke it, right at that particular moment, the fig tree was already starting to wither. It mm-hmm. just didn't physically, it couldn't be physically seen until the next day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then I started thinking about, okay, what are some of the things we've been praying about? Yeah. Just because it hasn't physically occurred doesn't mean it's not happening. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's what's going on right now. And it brought me back again to let me just praise him. Yes. And let me just praise him. Mm-hmm. Let me just praise him for what he's already doing. Yeah. Let me just praise him because it's already in motion. Because God is active. He's an active participant in his will. He's not like how a lot of CEOs and companies are sitting at the top and watching everything go. He's like, I'm actively involved in it. Like, I'm walking. As you walking, I'm walking. Yeah. When I notice something over here to the right, and I walk over to the right, you walk over to the right. And that's how Jesus is. If it's if it needs to be done, he's not going to sit there and just say it needs to be done mm-hmm. and dictate it. He's a part of it. Yeah. That changes. I don't know. It's like it, it opens up more comfort for me with my praying life. Right. Because it's like the will that he has for my life, he's going to make sure I get to it. Yes. All I got to do is not fight against it. Right. That's so good, man. So I I had a... um, This this story, we've heard this story so many times. And this time, I got a different takeaway from it this time. And I wanted to share it, and I wanted to see what you thought about it, right? So with this story, I, to me, it pointed to the power of faith, right? The power of our faith. But it's the power of faith when we come up against hypocritical situations. Right? When, when Because we know... We know that God hates an unbalanced scale. We know that God, and an unbalanced scale basically is a hypocrite. It's saying one thing on the outside, but doing something else in the inside, right? Mm-hmm. And when our faith couple comes up against that, it's almost as if we're automatically in God's will. Because God, God hates hypocrites. And that, that big tree... It's being hypocritical in that situation. It, it's there and it doesn't have any fruit on it. Mm-hmm. And our faith has to it, our faith has to stand up to these hypocritical situations. It's a form of, like you said, it's a form of judgment. But I see it as judgment in in through faith, because what ultimately happens is he he 
he changes it, right? It, 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 it's not left the same in terms of just being there and remaining as a, a hypocritical fig tree, a fig tree that, that has leaves with no fruit. Yeah. And I'm and I'm just I was thinking about situations that I may see that I like we talked about before with Jesus in the um, temple. Have I seen situations before that were hypocritical and I didn't say anything? Mm -hmm. Or were there situations in my life that I've been hypocritical about and my spirit has been telling me something? And I haven't done anything. Have I have I just been um, not using my faith in the right way? Yeah. So it, you know, it it it, it points. Like I said, I, I believe it points to our faith, the power of our faith, um, in situations that there is an unbalanced scale or there is a hypocritical situation, whether it be in our own hearts, because, you know, I, I go back to a saying, we, we may overcome a situation, even though our heart is questioning it. We still may act on faith, even though our heart is still doubting. And technically in God's, God's words, that's a hypocrite. And if we think about yeah, if we think about the the um, your depiction of this um, story, the children of Israel were all about the traditions, all about the actions. They would have the feast of this and the 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 Passover that and the feast of that, but their hearts weren't in it. Mm -hmm. And 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 that is. Again, false balance. That's, right. That's that's the definition of the false balance, the unbalanced scale. And I'm and I just I, I just keep getting pointed back to we have to approach those situations in faith. And and I maybe I worded it wrong because I don't necessarily think it's I mean, in Jesus's terms, I think it is judgment. But I think from us, because I, I, I don't know. I think though it is like you can't come up to the Lord playing both sides of the fence. Right. Right. Yeah. He he doesn't have that in his character. Right. 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 So he's not going to acknowledge that from us. Mm. So we're not going to, it goes back to, you know, what you were saying before with, um, in the book of James, mm -hmm. you can expect to receive nothing. Yes. You double. Because you're wavering. Right. Yeah. Right. Double wavering. Double, double, um, you're wavering at that point. Right. And I think in essence, like what he's pointing out with the fig tree and like what you're saying, it basically an utter contradiction. Mm -hmm. You can't have the physical, uh, what will, well, you can't manifest or have something that looks like it's something that is really not. Right. And then say, this is part of the kingdom. Yeah. Yeah. That false, false religion, basically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And Jesus is like, no, it's all or nothing, all your heart. You can do it. If I'm telling you to do it, yes, do it, but have your heart in it. Right. Right. Because it's like this. Is God telling us to do anything and his heart isn't in it? 
He don't, he don't know how to do that. Yeah. Like, that's not even, even in his character. Yeah. I, mean, I think it goes back to just me looking at him for who he is. Yeah. Because it's easy to trust someone that you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a certain level of respect you give somebody that you know. Rather than, it's like all these years I've been saved, now I'm still acting like God is not telling me the truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that it is definitely, that's a false balance. Yeah. Like I can't say amen to what I'm hearing and then my heart isn't into what I'm doing. Right, right. I feel like to a degree that is what Jesus was actually trying to teach the disciples. Like, this is an example to look at the house of Israel mm-hmm. as a nation, but this is also an example on how to look at oneself. Yeah. yeah. But he's breaking down. I'm not sure in the Greek if, if the word you means y'all, <laughs> but, it, <laughs> <laughs> but it looks like he's talking. He's talking to them, the disciples, right then and there, like you. Like, so it's like how I'm looking at it, like he's pretty much teaching the same example on a personal level and to look at it from a level as a nation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's, it's very powerful. And I think, um, I mean, the the word has been called um, the law. Um, but I also, we were just reading something. I can't remember. I think it was reading it with you where it's the, the law of liberty. It's like the mirror mm-hmm. of liberty, right? And, and so a lot of times, and I, and I get this from you, Evan, it's when we read the word, we have to be, we have to self-examine when we read the word and we have to ensure that our, our, um, our heart is in the right place when we get the word to, in order to get what God wants us to get out of it. Like, you, yeah. like God wants all of it. He wants all of us. He doesn't want just our eyes and just our mind when we read the word. Like we talked about before, like when we first started the reading plan, how we would like, because it was so much at times, you're just reading, but you're not really mm-hmm. grasping anything. You know, and and so I, I I get in this situation how it could certainly and most definitely be a situation where Jesus is talking to him because because when he goes down later and talks about you know the power of faith in terms of you know having faith and do not doubt you will not only do what was done to the fig tree but also if you say to this mountain be removed be cast into the sea it will be done. And whatever things you ask in prayer, believe you receive. I mean, he he, he can definitely be. You can cast a wide net here because the children of Israel do fit into that mold of going through traditions, but not having their heart into it. But it's also speaking to the disciples where it's a warning. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Letting them know that, like, you know, if, if you don't, I mean, because think about it, he's like, if you don't doubt, like, the only, doubt is not a word. 
you know, I never seen it from that perspective until you just said that. That it was it, it's like he's also teaching them at the same time as a warning. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's doubt is doubt is something in the heart, man. It's dangerous. Yes, it's dangerous. It it really will stop the flow of the power of God from being seen in a person's life. Absolutely. And I think that's why the enemy works so hard to get us to doubt God. Exactly. That stops a miracle from manifesting. Yes. This is the equivalent of having disunity with a group of people. Exactly. God, you're not going to see God's power. Mm. Man, you just, when you said disunity, man, I just saw that that unbalanced scale again, that false scale again. It, it, yeah. it It's a scale that looks like a scale on the outside, but the mechanisms do not work properly. The mechanisms to weigh out on either side of that scale, it, it's not it's not right. And mm-hmm. that, that's this in that scale, that's disunity. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> goes back to what was it? Um, was it Hosea? Uh, two don't agree. Yes. If two two do not agree. They can't walk together. Exactly. So, uneven right there. Mm. And I feel like that is what the enemy wants. He wants that, but he wants us. He wants the children of God. Because I see this in my own life. Doubt God without knowing you're doubting Him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Look at the circumstances. Like, curse the fig tree. Now, look at the fact that the fig tree hasn't withered right there before your eyes. Not yet. Right. Even though tomorrow is going to wither, but I'm subject to time and space. Mm-hmm. I can't see tomorrow mm-hmm. right now. I can only see my right now. Mm-hmm. And it's like mm-hmm. the enemy is constantly trying to get us to look at the right now from, the pers- from his perspective, right? Not from God's perspective. Mm-hmm. And God is like, no, you. That's how I feel like that's another way to get your heart into it is to looking at things from his perspective, yeah. God's perspective. Mm-hmm. Which at the same time, I don't think you can do that with every situation because I feel like God will not show you everything up front like that. Yeah. I think some things is just you have to leave with the authority of God, and that is he knows it all. So there's gonna be some things that human mind just can't understand at that time frame. It's like later on a person can when they look back, but when going through it, I don't think sometimes you probably can. So then it's like, well, just trust in what God has already revealed. To have your heart more in it, which I think it goes back to like what we covered before, the praying and fasting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The praying and fasting, because that changes the inside of us. Yeah, and I think oftentimes that's really probably what what yeah. When I sit back and think about it, that's what changes first anyway. Yeah. Before a prayer is actually answered, a lot of times when I sit back and look at my own life, it's me that's right. that changes. Well, and, and what I'm just sitting here thinking about, um, is like how do we? Because I've I've been in, I've had situations where I 
fully convinced and I do not doubt, but I've also had situations where I, I was doubting. And so I'm wondering, like, like to your point, the doubt comes from within, but you can change that. It could be from experience it, it, um, that you, you know, like, yeah, like you're not, you're not going to doubt something that you already had experience with. Right. Mm-hmm. How do we, rem- like in this situation with the fig tree, um, how do you, how do you remove doubt? I'm not saying Jesus ever, I mean, it's not written that he ever did something like this before, but let's just say this is the first time he ever said, curse this fig tree. Because typically Jesus is blessing something. He, first, he, yeah. he, he curses this fig tree. And how does he, I mean, maybe Jesus is not a good example, but I'm, go, I'm speaking to what he talked about, no doubt. And it, it yeah. took me to, the Spirit took me to what we were talk, uh, reading about in 2 Corinthians 4. While we do not look at things, for, I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians 4, 18. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. Not seen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And, 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 I'm, and I'm saying to myself, that's, that's a way to to squash doubt because it, 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 what you said is very important. A lot of faith isn't in time and time and space. Like the faith is outside of that. Mm -hmm. And if we talking about eternity, we talking about the things that are eternal. That's also not in time and space. Yeah. So, so would it be a stretch to believe that in order to squash doubt in our lives and in our situations, to look at it from an internal and a faith-based perspective? I think that's what God is actually after with us. I think that's why he'll allow a situation like a catch-22. Yeah. Get back against the wall. Yeah, yeah. Like literally, how the gospel song goes. <laughs> yeah. You made a way because right. <laughs> it forces you to, in order to have hope in a dead situation. Mm. In order to know God is who He is, I think mm. you got to have a dead situation sometimes mm. to really see Him show up and then show out. And then sometimes it seems like the longer. The thing, whatever issue may be, I'm even looking at my own life, like what I've been doing, like applying and stuff like that. So I'm like, the longer it is when God comes through, nobody's going to be able to tell me who God is. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> because it does something to you. It's like it forces you to put on the spiritual shades and not want to take them off. Yes. Like you don't want to take them off because I don't. I do not want to miss what's going on around me spiritually. Like I don't want to be stuck with trying to look at this world from the world's perspective. And it's like, well, I find that he he teaches this. It's it's not unusual for the enemy to try and throw a monkey wrench in to try and diffuse the conversation. Yeah. Because I feel like he's teaching this. And then when you get on to verse 23, and then and when they enter into the temple, you got these two jokers coming up to him 
asking questions about what authority give you this hand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's just to throw off what God is teaching because I feel like the enemy really doesn't want us to grab this about faith. That's, that's, that's good. That's good. Like he really doesn't want us to grab because that is a lot of power. I just, Elijah mm-hmm. and what he did. Normal brother. Yeah. Pray just how we pray. Three years, no rain. Right. I mean, it, it's, yeah. it's, it's such a good point because the, the, the enemy would get, he would throw anything at you just to, just to get you in a, in a, in a, to entertain doubt. It's just a seed. That's, oh boy, man, you hit it. <laughs> it's just a seed. It's just, it's just, just something to, to distract you for a second. It doesn't have to be a big thing. But that's all it is, a second. Just like when you look at a, a, a play on for basketball or football, all is, all it takes is for one player to look the wrong way for one second, oh, and that's it. That's it. That can call it a game. Mm-hmm. And that's how it is with life. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's what the enemy wants because it's like certain – I don't know, I could be wrong, but I feel like certain blessings maybe are there for that time frame. Yeah, and the enemies, I want to get you off your rocker so you won't have enough faith to receive it right then and there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it extends the season. Mm. Mm. You know, like a lot of times when we a lot of times when we do this, a lot of stuff just comes right. It's like the boom right then and there. Yeah. That's good, man. But we we see how wonderful Jesus is in this situation too because it could have got him and that's the wonderful thing the more we read about Jesus the more discipline we see from him these jokers you know trying to set him up like they always do and Jesus just turned it right back around on them got them thinking got them them totally off what they meant to do in the first place Mm -hmm. but asking the question which is a powerful question and ultimately it's about getting God's will done yes I love I love this I love it because it goes to show you cannot deceive or trick God right I don't care how smart I don't care how many years of school a person you just a person can't do it that's a that to me is a wonderful thing when we know what type of enemy that we have to deal with. Yes. In the spiritual realm. The enemy may he, he can he can trick me. Mm-hmm. But he cannot trick the one who I follow. Yes. And 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 you I mean that's a good point, right? Like if we're in God's will and we're asking for wisdom, we're asking for um, the spirit to guide us, and we're we're submitting to the spirit and receiving that that wisdom. We shouldn't be able to get tricked. Totally agree. Totally agree. It, it, it's only when we get out of God's will and try to <laughs> use our own intellect when we get tricked. Man. 
And that's why yeah. it's so wonderful because Jesus didn't, he didn't rely on his own. He didn't rely on his own. Rely. He, he never, he couldn't get tricked because, because I mean, he was fully man and fully, fully God, but he, he couldn't get tricked because. He had a simple family. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> God the Father. That's it. That's it. <laughs> That's it. His will be done. His will be done. There's a lot of power in that phrase. Yes. There is definitely a lot of power in that. His will be done. Like that's that's something that just changes the whole trajectory of life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But when I it, that has helped me accept certain certain things, certain seasons. Because as, as a man, you want certain things to flow a certain way in your life at a certain time. Mm-hmm. But then to remember that it's all about his glory. Yes. What am I asking? What am I asking from God? Like, why am I asking? it? Am I asking it for his glory or for mine? Yeah, it's just to sit back and think about that for his glory. We're thankful to have the opportunity to be able to accept one in his glory because he could easily say, you know what, I'm done. <laughs> man. Powerful, man. And that, that takes us to um, this, which I think really solidifies this chapter being about God's will. Um, the parable of the two two sons, and we go down. So the the parable, just to paraphrase, is speaking to the disciples. A man has two sons. He went to the first son and asked the son to do some work today. The son said no at first, but then regretted it and went back and did the work. He went to the second son and asked this. Um, Ask the second son to do the same thing, go work. And the son said, yes, but didn't go. So isn't, isn't that what we were talking about? You say yes, right? But you didn't go, which to me is the same as we overcome. Like we we're obedient in terms of traditions. We're obedient in terms of going to church every week. But in our heart, we're still doubting. Yeah. And so Jesus asked, which of the two did the will of his father? And it's the first. (laughs) It's the first. The second one is, oh, man. The second one is that it's a hypocrite. I I hate that. That that false balance. It is what it is. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, man, it's 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 tough. This is tough. I'm saying amen. I'm saying amen, but I'm not acting like I said amen. Lord, go to church or this or virtual church. Pastor says what he says. I feel like it's a rainbow word about my life, about my circumstance. I'm saying amen, praising God for it. 
Monday morning come around, I'm dealing with this foolishness at the job, and I'm asking God why. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that that is a false balance. That's yeah, a false balance. Yeah. <laughs> oh my uh. god. But you know, if necessary, when we can see these things in our own life because we are in God's light. Yeah. Yes. That the word shows us our the word is a mirror, it's, it's showing us us. Yes. Yes. Which is a good thing. Cause now it's like, okay, I'm seeing what the issue is. I can address it. <laughs> yeah. I can yeah. address it. Yeah. But what was also awesome about the Lord is that even here. When he's talking, giving the parable in this text, I feel like it's like a father wiping the coal from a son's eyes. Mm, yeah. It's like it's an opportunity to see correctly, mm. to address the issue. It's like I have the warm rag in my hand, but the father is guiding my mm. hand on my eye to rub it. Yes. So I can see properly to address the issue properly. Mm. And I try not to run away from conviction. Yes. When it's like that, because that conviction is a blessing. It's a curse not to be convicted. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. then I'm just going to keep doing the same foolishness. Mm. Enjoy what you're hearing. We'd love to hear how walking with Jesus is helping you. Keep listening to hear how you can leave us a message that we may use on the show. Also, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Now back to the show. say that it just it reminds me um that our, our god is a god of comfort he he doesn't want us to be in pain he doesn't want us to be stressed out he doesn't want so with that with that warm rag he he's going to wipe it away and it may feel a little uncomfortable at first but ultimately we're going to be able to see clearly and i also remember mm-hmm. when <laughs> you know just being little getting ready to go to school had that little tight bush and, and my mom trying to comb your hair for school. Ah, ah, ah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it hurt. It hurt. But it's ultimately making us feel better because we go to school and our hair isn't a hot mess for our friends to be dogging us all out. You know what I mean? But that 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 little five minutes or that little two minutes of popping that pick and them them nasty back there, shoot. <laughs> I hate that. Ah, come on. You know. <laughs> yeah, man. But but yeah, so you know, we do serve a God of comfort and he, he does care about our comfort. And it it he'll present things that are very hard for us to deal with in order that um our lives will be comfortable going forward. And going back to what we said, going back to what you just said, though, we have to apply this to our lives. We can't yeah. let it be. We read it and don't accept it. Don't open, have an open heart towards this to let Jesus do surgery 
on this thing. I think it goes back to what you keep saying with the book of James. Yeah. And that is, you can't just look at this stuff. Mm-hmm. Be doers of the word, not just hearers of the word. Yeah. That's we, we have to be doers. He, if yeah. he says it, honor him with doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Man. That's so powerful. Yeah. Um, from there, it goes on to um, the parable, the parable of the vine dressers, mm-hmm. which. Yeah. Was there another? Didn't we just read this? There was another. Um, was it in eight, 18 or 19? I believe so. It did feel familiar when I was going over it. Because this is the same thing that we read. Or was it 14? Hold on. Or was it the one? Yeah, it was 20. Yeah. Because I was like, it felt oh, no. familiar when I was going over it. And I was like, you know what? <laughs> no, this is no, it wasn't 20. 20 was the, about the 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 um the laborers in the vineyard who some started early, some started late, but they all got the same pay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This one yeah. this one is about the um uh the vineyard uh, workers wanting to basically take over the property. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the and the, the owner of the vineyard kept sending, he sent some some laborers, he sent some people representatives first. Then he sent his um, son and these wicked vine dressers are like, hey, if we take the son, we'll have, we'll, you know, we'll end up by default owning the land. Um, but the owner comes back and Jesus asks, you know, what is, what is basically the rightful um, activity that this this wine owner, should, this vine dresser, vineyard owner should do, and Jesus says, "Therefore I say, this is forty three. Therefore I say to you, the kingdom of God will be taken from you and given to a nation bearing the fruits." <laughs> and oh, I'm sorry, I, I, I jumped. 41 is the response. Oh, that, 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 verse, though, that verse, though, is heavy. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We, we're going to get to that in a second. But but the, the, the question was, therefore, when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those vine dressers? And and um, the response by the uh, disciples was, was, they said to him, this is 41, he will destroy those wicked men miserably and lease his vineyard to other vine dressers who will render him the fruits in their seasons. And so there's a, there's a lot in this parable. Um, I think the most obvious thing is that, you know, God sent a number of representatives before Jesus that um, the children of Israel basically disregarded, you know, and, and didn't take them for who they were. But another thing that that jumped out to me about this was um, just that, like, we as stewards and followers of Christ, we need to be 
it almost goes back to what we were saying. If we're looking at eternal things and if we're in the will of God, we should be like our senses should be heightened about spiritual things. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, like if, if basically we, we, we're the divine dressers, right. And God is the, 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 the vineyard owner. We need to be, um, spiritually aware of when he sends representatives like um i, I want to say it's in um is it in corinthians that we should i think it is corinthians second corinthians where it talks about testing every word yeah right and so we, we need to be doing that and so it goes back to what we were saying before in um second corinthians 4 where we we need to be focusing on spiritual things we need to be focusing on things that are eternal and and that way we we're we're lending ourselves over to god's will on a m more regular basis i feel like for mm -hmm. me i'm bouncing in and out you know what i mean like i'm bouncing in and out of god's will and like we said with James, it's it's hard to really expect anything from God because if he looked at it from God's perspective, if I'm bouncing in and out of his will, like think of your son, right? Like if he's, yeah. sometimes he does what you said, sometimes he doesn't, like, man, uh, I don't know, I ain't messing with you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you know, like, you know, they're just kind of waffling. Yeah. Like, but, but a son who is obedient and is there when you call him and and is you know open opening his heart to you you're more likely to do for him because you know where they stand but but mm -hmm. in a situation where I'm, I'm 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 bouncing in and out of god's will i'm questioning things that he tells me to do i'm i'm, I'm playing in a little bit of doubt sometimes like how can i really expect god to do something for me um, and how can I really call myself a steward, you know, yeah. a full, a yeah. full steward and, and don't get me wrong. I tithe. I, I understand that, um, everything that I have, God has given me and God owns, but I just, you know, and I'm, I'm being critical of myself because, you know, I think we, we need to do that. There are times when I'm not that there are times when I'm not fully in God's will. I'm, I'm questioning it. I'm doubting it. And, and anytime I question, anytime I doubt, anytime I feel discontent with where I'm at in life, that's not of God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It can be easy to, to forget that because it seems to come natural when yeah. we question, especially as men. I feel like for us as men, we're like, we have like a vision that we want our where we want our families to be at. Yes. Yeah. More place where we're supposed to be at so we can get our families there. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it just comes natural to question like, am I even where I'm supposed to like am I where am I doing what God wants me to do right now? Mm -hmm. And I think it goes back to what you had said on Thursday night's call and that is praying for the will of God. Yes. In alignment to praying for the will of God. Mm -hmm. What I what, I think about when I was um, looking at this text, I think about, because he's talking about the vineyard workers, they were hired by the landowner. If the landowner is representation for God, it br brings me back to Matthew 7. Mm. 
21, when he says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Mm. But he who does the will of my father, who is in heaven, will enter that, that will, doing the will. They were, the vineyard workers are more focused on their own will. They weren't fo focused on the will of the land on they won't focus on the whole purpose of why they were even on the property to begin with. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And here in verse 40, when he says, therefore, when the owner of Matthew, uh, back to Matthew 21, verse 40, when he says, therefore, when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to these um, these vine growers? They said to him, he will bring those wretches to a wretched end. Yes. He will rent out the vineyard to other vine growers who will pay him more proceeds at the proper season. And I'm thinking like for God's children, how important it is, and even my own life, to be in the middle of God's world. I think about I think Pastor Jenkins has said this on Newman's Accord. And he said he wanna be downtown in God's world. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, that's what I want. Yeah, that's what I want. I don't want to arrive to heaven and be in heaven in a place that, even though I'm in heaven, but it's not the spot that God really had for me. I want to go to the spot where God really has for me, so that when He tells me, "Look, this is the, this is the goal that I had for you to reach down here on Earth." Mm -hmm. to prepare you when you got to heaven so that you can do more in the kingdom yeah. while you're in heaven. Yeah. I can't point you to that position because you didn't do the prep for my will down there on earth. Yeah. That that's that thought pops in my mind <laughs> time yeah. to time. That thought pops in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good, man. And it just, it just it just raises the importance of being in his will. It, it's it's so important for, for our not only for our lives now, but for eternity. Yeah. That's why I look at myself like am I being the husband that God wants me to be? Am I, you know, am I responding to my wife? The way that God called me to respond to my wife. Yeah. Like, am I am I am I illustrating even at, like what we talked about even earlier in the week in regards to our jobs? Like, mm -hmm. you know, am I doing it even at a place that I don't feel comfortable being at? <laughs> am yeah. I doing it? For? And I think it's important to have those self reflections like that. Yes. Because it kind of it helps with not trying to pat yourself on the back saying, okay, I crossed this out. Right. Because right. when I look at myself, I'm looking at myself like, there's still so much I got to do. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I, I love how God's word, going back to it again, it just doesn't come back void. What he says he's going to do, it's going to get done. Yes. <laughs> so I, when he says... If I'm where the Pharisees and the scribes are, and he says, like what he says in verse third, um, 43 mm -hmm. of Matthew 20, 21, when he comes out and says, therefore I said to you, the kingdom of God will be taken from you. Yeah. 
I don't want the Lord to say that to me. <laughs> That's a devastating thought, man. That's a devastating what? thought. Yeah. Mm. I, like I don't want that. Like what? What am I chasing in this world that I'm willing to substitute God's kingdom for? It? Right. Is it really worth it? Mm. And I was like, if I'm a Pharisee and I'm hearing that. Let me just drop what I'm doing and just say, Lord, what do I got to do to get right? Exactly. And be willing to accept the answer. Yes. And what I wrote down, what popped in my mind when I read this is like how many times in our society we will accept things from a public figure, a celebrity that we like. They do something we don't agree with, but since we like the person, we're like, okay, I, I'll consider that. I consider that the reason I give some some type of understanding on why they did X, Y, and Z. But when God says something, mm -hmm. and that's why I try and look at it, I'm like, okay, I may have a certain perspective or or may lean this way on that. I'm like, okay, if you saying it, Lord, and I know this is coming from you, then I don't care how many years I've been standing on this particular viewpoint, I'm letting it go. That's right. Letting it go. Because goes back to what you were saying. If I don't let it go, it's a false balance. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Man, it's been so good, man. We're up on the 90th minute, man. With the time has just been flying, but this chapter is yeah. so full of gems and really, like I said, it hammered home the importance of being in the will of God and how we can work to be in this in the perfect will of God through faith right it's it's not something that we do by you know just strict discipline it's it's a faith yeah. it's it's a it's a submission to the holy spirit and mm -hmm. as we we talked about with Jesus is it's um it's not divided. It's not wavering. It's not double-minded. The will of God will not be shared and it will not be supplanted by our own individual agenda. If we yeah. do that, we open ourselves up to not receiving God's best or not receiving anything from God. And so mm -hmm. um, I think this has just been a wonderful, a wonderful review and a wonderful, for me, a good self-reflection and a good, um, you know, cutting, if you will, that that helps us understand that we're not, we still got a long way to go, um, but God is faithful and he'll help us through it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I feel, definitely feel the same way. So, yeah, I'm going to close this out. Close this out. Yeah. <laughs> You're listening to the Walking with Jesus podcast, the show that brings you a new way to experience Jesus with your hosts, Evan and Malcolm, two regular guys walking with Jesus. Now back to the show and the closing prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for 
your word. Thank you for the conviction of your word. Thank you once again for showing who you are to us, your patience, your love, perfect love, fatherly love is what you're giving us. And we don't deserve it, but we thank you for allowing us to be called your children. You're not ashamed of us. Yes, Lord. Even though you gave a lot to, so that you could be ashamed of us, you said in your word, just as far as the east is from the west, that's how far our sins are from you. Yes, you literally put them, put them away. Thank you, Jesus. Well, that you give us the, the, the energy, the wisdom to carry out your will. To, and we're praying, Lord, to remove the confusion. Remove the confusion that may be present in our lives to stopping us from seeing what your will is in our lives. Yes, we're praying that you reveal more of what our gifts are yes. for your will so that you can be glorified. Thank you. We're also praying for the connection of our gifts into our will, into our purpose. We're praying for that connection. We're praying for that perfect time that you have designed to connect us so that you can be glorified. We're asking that you may move through and around the listeners of the podcast. We pray that this podcast strengthens their spiritual walk with you. We're praying, Lord, our Heavenly Father, from hearing the word, and, and we're praying that it encourages them to get into your word, to read your word. And we're praying for manifestation of miracles so they can see the, the they can see the response of obeying what you're saying. Yes, they can see it carried out, and the others see it carried out in their lives as well. And, and we're asking, Lord, for continuation to do not allow us to block our blessings. Do not allow us to block your purposes in our life. We're asking that in your holy son, Jesus Christ's name. And we just thank you for being whom you are, for not changing at all. Just thank you for still teaching us more of whom you are, revealing more of your character unto us. Um, we're praying that you may move in around the leaders of our nation yes, during the time frame of civil unrest and the pandemic, and then storms are also hitting around the country. And we're praying, Lord, that you may move in around us and bless for the church to come to bring aid to the situation and not to bring more fire to the situation. We're praying for the power that you have given us, the church body. We're praying, Lord, that it's manifested in a time like this around our nation. In your Holy Son, Jesus Christ's name, we pray. And we just want to just give you the praise for being who you are. We thank you again for this moment. We thank you again for your word. Yes, and we thank you again for all of what you're doing. In your sons, Jesus Christ's name, we pray. Amen. Amen, brother. Amen. A wonderful recording. This is really good. Thanks for joining us this week on Walking with Jesus. If you have not made Jesus the Lord of your life, this is as good a time as any. I invite you right now to go to Jesus Christ and let him know that you believe he died for you and he rose for you with all power and that you want him alone to be Lord of your life for the forgiveness of your sins and the gift of eternal life. If you do that, you'll be saved right now. Get in your word, 
And while you converse and reason about biblical things, Jesus will walk with you. If you like what you heard and want to comment, you can leave a message for us at anchor.fm forward slash walking dash with dash Jesus forward slash message. We'll pick one to read during an upcoming show. So record your message and send it send it in now to join in the conversation. Again, that link is anchor.fm forward slash walking dash with dash Jesus forward slash message. You can also subscribe to the show in iTunes, Stitcher, or via RSS feed so you'll never miss a show. Give us a rating and share us with your friends. God bless you. And until next time, keep walking with Jesus. Yes, I'm still chewing on yesterday. <laughs> like when I was reading this, I was chewing on yesterday. <laughs> you know, some like this is good. Yeah. yeah. All right, brother man, have a great, great rest of your weekend, man. We'll get get up on Monday. I'm about to go down here, and I think uh, at seven o'clock we got to do this couple's thing. So, okay. All right, brother. All right, man. Talk to you. Thank you. Oh, thank you.